morning, everybody. So as Hilt said, I'm really having to jump into this message very quickly this morning, um, just simply because of time. So I do want to ask you to do one thing. If you wouldn't mind taking off your watches, putting them under your seat, put your phone underneath the chairs, and then there's not like, oh, she's been 30 seconds over time. Um, but wow, it's just so amazing to be with you this morning, to be able to have the privilege, the absolute privilege of always sharing the Word of God. And I'm really, really, really excited about this, this message this morning um, because it can really bring us into a place of such intimacy. It can spark such enjoyment and excitement in prayer. Because prayer, for, it's probably the most, one of the most, other than money, it is the most opposed thing in a believer's life. Because the enemy does not want you to touch base with God. He doesn't want you to be in that place of intimacy because of what is released when we pray. And so today I'm sharing on tabernacle prayer, which is just one of the many ways in which a person can interact with God in your prayer time. You know, there's different forms. There's the Lord's Prayer, and that you can do in 20 seconds if you're just going to recite the Lord's Prayer. And I think many times we just want to do, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us. And in 20 seconds, we can say, yes, I prayed, but there's so many seven points in that prayer that you can connect with and expand in your interactions with God. And so today I'm doing tabernacle prayer, which is also something just to bring an enlargement. However, it is a protocol that God set for his people when he'd taken them out of slavery, I'm going to give you a bit of context, he'd, 430 years they'd been in slavery and in bondage to the Egyptians. And after 430 years, Moses is appointed, appointed to lead them out of Egypt, and they come into the wilderness in transition to go into the promised land. Now, a journey that should have taken them 11 days, for most of us we know the story. 40 years later, they only enter the promised land because there'd been continuous disobedience and complaining and whining. And I don't know how Moses, I don't even know how Moses managed. Because you see, you see parents with two kids that are going, hey, and the kids are whiny, and parents about to lose their minds. Moses was leading a multitude, over three million people from where there they'd been in bondage and oppression into liberty and freedom. And in that place, because God so wanted to be with his people, he gave them, he set up a portable church, a moving church, so that as God moved them along, that they would pack church down, set church up, and have church with them all the time, where he would be continually in the midst of his people. So they're in this place, but God sets protocol. In this place, we got, we said, this is how you must build a tabernacle. That's going to be my church. Pretty much imagine us packing this place down every week, setting it up after three or four days. And, and God so desperately wanted that, regardless of how disobedient his people were, he so much wanted that intimacy, praying, being in connection with his people. Why? Because he loved them. And God feels exactly the same way now, this moment today. He so wants to be with us, to connect with us, because he loves us. He loves you. It can sometimes be such a foreign concept, but I want you just to, in this moment, just say, God loves me. And that's why he wants that place of connection. And that's why the enemy will oppose that intimacy, praying with them, praying to God in his presence so much. Because the moment that happens, you can never stay the same. 
you'll change not only your life, but thousands of people around you. So that's the context. And so we're just looking at one of the many models of prayer, ways that you can pray. And really, um, if you hadn't caught the first one, I really want to encourage you, go and listen to the first one from last week, where Hilton really emphasized the first part, first, putting God first, and how important that is. It's really excellent, go and catch it online, just so that you can be in the flow of what God's wanting to do with us as we pray together. How many of you, I won't ask you to put up your hands, are in the fast with us? What day are we on now? I can't even remember anymore. That's the only problem with fasting, you forget We're on day what now? We don't know. We're on that day. As long as, so we're in the middle of prayer and fasting. Um, and so the prayer is just there to just give you perhaps something that you can connect to when it comes to your prayer time. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit at all times with every kind of prayer. And so God sets out patterns that we can connect with Him. The Lord's Prayer. Warfare prayer, praying the word of God, Hilt's touching on the Jabez prayer, that is a really powerful prayer. I want to encourage you to, to really connect when that one comes up because it really ex brings us into a place of favor and enlargement. But today, I, we're going to be looking at the tabernacle prayer. And when you look at the tabernacle, you can see that God set protocol. Now, some people say, oh, Adele, you know what, what do you think? we can just say, hello, God, you know, we, Jesus, and we've been free, we've been set free, no law. Yes, that's all true, but God still had a protocol. And in the natural, when you look at the monarchy in the natural, the queen or the king, we, we can't just walk into their presence without following a certain protocol. You know that you're not even allowed to touch the queen unless she initiates something, or the king now. Even the king and queen's own children have to curtsy or bow when they come into her presence, her own flesh and blood, in a natural context. And here we are being invited by Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, into his presence. And then sometimes we want to get off and go, yeah, but Jesus is my friend. He'll touch on that last week. He is, but he's God the creator of heaven and earth, and he invites you and I into that space. And it's not that we've got to do the one, two, three steps, but it's, it's an understanding. When we, come, when we want to connect with God, it's having an understanding. God. And so we're going to be looking at the tabernacle today. I've already given you context. Israel had been in, in, in captivity for 430 years God gives them a design to set up a tabernacle, which was a moving church, and set protocol for how they would approach him. And so the first thing, God sets up a physical place and a pattern for his people to come into place of intimacy and connection. And I want you to, for a moment today, just try and envision what that must have looked like and sounded like when people would want to connect with God. We're just going to look at an outline of the, what the tabernacle looked like. I don't know if you can see it. So, the, so this was pretty much the layout of, of, of what that moving church looked like and how God had set that up and created space for people to come and connect with him and pray. And so the first thing they did, and you could just leave that up, thank you. The first thing they did was that they had to hang around 
outside of where there would have been a gate. You can see on, on the right-hand side, that would have been the gate of being able to come and enter into the tabernacle. But before they could walk through that gate, and anybody could walk through that gate to bring, to bring sac- offerings, to bring sacrifices, and I'll explain the rest in a minute, anybody could come through that gate, but the first thing they had to do and what they were trained to do before they came through the gate was to enter that gate with thanksgiving. The Word of God says to us, enter His gates with thanksgiving, enter His courts with praise. So before they even started to engage in conversation, before we engage in conversation, it's enter his courts with thanksgiving. The court, that, that outer court, enter his gates with praise. And so that was the pattern God was setting. Before you come in, you just say, God, I want to thank you. Thank you for all the things you're doing in my life. I want to thank you that I've got health. I thank you for a family. I thank you that your plans are to prosper me. God, I just want to thank you that I'm even in this building today. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the people that lead me. God, thank you that that I had food to eat, some of you hopefully. Thank you. And before we engage in anything, we, when we come into a place of wanting to connect with God, we say, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for your goodness towards me. And maybe just take a moment right now and just say, God, thank you. Take a moment. God, thank you. Thank you for, for blessing me. Thank you for my spouse. Even if you came in and, and it wasn't, didn't go so well this morning, just thank you. Thank him. And so God sets up this way of approach simply for remembrance and recognition. And so we come into his presence thanking him before we get into conversation. And then they used to enter into, then they'd come through the gate, through the gates of, by praising God, and then they'd walk towards the lave, to, they'd walk towards the brazen altar. We, on that brazen altar, and I want to try and challenge you by, by just thinking about this for a minute of what would have been going on at the brazen altar, people would, were walking in with sacrifices, with lambs, with doves, with different animals to be slaughtered on that altar in recognition of their sin. And they could, the people would, allow, would be allowed to go to the altar, but then after that, the priest took over. They weren't allowed to go any further. But on their way to that brazen altar, which represents blood, it would have been a real bloody mess. We somehow, you know, sometimes we need to connect with that, but that was representative of what happened on the cross, where Jesus gave his life, he shed his blood, so that we might start to enter into a place of interaction with God because of the blood of Christ. And so on their way to the brazen altar with their sacrifice, and not just this little thing, this little little sacrifice, people were coming in, pleading with God, offering an offering for, for forgiveness. And so there would have been blood all over the place. There would have been uh, lambs and cows and things making all sorts of noise. It would have actually been quite chaotic on approach to the tabernacle. And then when you got to the brazen altar, you would put your offering there. But that was a reminder and is a parallel to the cross of Jesus. Because Jesus said, under the law, everything is purified with blood. 
And in Hebrews chapter 9, he says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so that place, the brazen altar, represented a place where they would be forgiven of sin. And then he said that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and obtain grace in a time of need. So by that simple act of offering, they were able to approach with boldness. But then it stopped there, and then they had to move on. And the next thing they found, if you look at the, the, the court, if you look at that diagram of the whole tabernacle, you would see that they'd have to move on from the brazen altar, which is a place where we say, God, thank you for Jesus. So we've given thanks for what he's done, and there we praise you. We praise you for the forgiveness of sin. We praise you, Jesus, that you acted as that sacrifice lamb and you gave your life for me on the cross so that I may come into communion with you. And so we pass the gate with thanksgiving and we enter the court with praise because of what Jesus did, his shed blood on the cross. The sacrifice lamb, the one who gave his life. And so we're in that place of being able to say, praise you, Lord. Psalm 103 says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins, who heals all our diseases, who crowns our life with love and compassion. He redeems me from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. And so we're at that place of thanksgiving. Now we're praising God. God, thank you. And when you just break that down for a moment, it's a place where we can thank God. Thank you, God. Forget not my benefits, where I forgive all your sin. I heal all your diseases. And we've prayed for healing this morning. And it's something that people can lay hold of and say, God, this is a benefit of being in relationship with you. You heal all my diseases. Thank you, God, for redemption. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for redeeming my life from the pit. Thank you for transformation in my life. God, that at this place, you transform me into your likeness. I've got to say this, to thank God for his transformation and redemption. There was such darkness in my life. But he chose to step in and take me out of darkness. And two months before, I gave my life to Jesus. I worked out to about two months. I tried to work it out. I had been in two major vehicle accidents. I had been living a dark life, wild life. And yet when I come into his presence, I can say thank you that you have redeemed my life from the pit. And we still all got a long way to go, but I can say, God, look at me now but a place of praise for what that brazen altar would have represented, blood that was shed for me so that I can interact with God Almighty. What a privileged place to be. And that's why the enemy will oppose it as best he can in your life. It's boring, it's not enjoyable, it's too long, it's too short, pray this way, don't pray. No, no, pray protocol. Thank you, God. Praise you, God. And then they would move on from that particular place. After the, Only the priest could move from this place, and he would go across to the laver, which was a big bowl filled with water, where they would then obviously need to wash themselves because they, they had been full 
covered in blood. You know, you can't imagine it. I mean, if you think about slaughtering animals, it wasn't a very, it, it wasn't like the abattoirs we have today. Next. No. They would have had to cut the animals, would have been screaming and shouting, there would have been blood going all over the place. They would have been covered in blood, also significant, the blood of the lamb on our lives. But it would have been quite chaotic. But it was a place where they would be prepared to commit themselves through the cleansing and purification and washing so that they commit themselves to God. And so when we pray, we come to him with thanksgiving and praise. But then there needs to be a moment we thank him for the cross, what he did. He makes a way because of the cross. But then we come into a place where we take a moment to say, God, just I commit myself to you afresh today. New today. Cleanse me today. Wash me with your word because that is what that laver represented. Just put that up there for a second. The laver of washing, a bowl of water where you could see your reflection and could perhaps reveal some of the impurities. You know that says the word of God is like a mirror. We look in it and it shows us what's going on. It gave us an opportunity and it gives us an opportunity when we do a parallel to, to be in a place where we wash and we cleanse. And we say, God, cleanse, and I commit myself to you in this place where you're able to allow the, the, the Spirit of God, the Word of God to wash and cleanse me. Because he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, Paul writes, in view of God's mercies, present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice acceptable to God. For this is your reasonable worship. And so as you get to that laver, you stand in that place in your mind, in your intimacy, your own little place with God when you're praying. God, I present myself to you today. Afresh, new, cleanse me. Take my hands. Take my thoughts. God, the thoughts that I think, I pray that you clean me. I give you my eyes, I give you my ears. Job said, I make a covenant with God with my eyes that I would not look lustfully upon woman. You make that covenant with God. God, hear my eyes, here's my, here's my mouth, the speech. How do I speak to people? How do I interact with people? And so the laver in the tabernacle prayer represents a place of cleansing and commitment. I ask you, God, to, to do just come and, and use my feet to follow after you. And then finally, before we move on, from that outer court, we say, Lord, Psalm 139, Lord, search me. Search me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Search me. I believe that that place is one of the most privileged places to be because if I allow him to do that, transformation starts to happen in my life. That I'm changed more into his likeness because I allow him to show me my heart. No matter what it looks like, sometimes frightening to see that's actually me. And give God a moment to say to you, hey, you know, the way, that you, the way that you're treating your family is not really great. Fix it. It's not a big stick that comes out. He's just giving you the opportunity. Fix it. 
One of the greatest areas, and it might be a bit light-hearted in a lot of what I'm saying now, that I need fixing is in my, in my motor car, on the road, and traffic, and especially when it rains. Everybody, excluding me, <laughs> forgets how to drive. No indicators, stop at the track. And in South Africa, we're even more challenged. And God, thank you for the taxis, because if we didn't have taxis, our infrastructure in our country would go to pot, just so by the way, as much as we might not like them. There's no infrastructure that can get our workforce to where they need to be without the taxis. But I need serious regeneration in that area. Even coming to church this morning, I was like, you idiot. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, God, I'm about to preach this morning, and here I am, and I've got all this stuff going on. They drive me nuts. But I've got to ask God for grace to help me, please. Oh, my heart, why? So, yeah, but, but that gives God, when we come into his presence, after we've thanked him, after we've praised him, after we've, we've been at this place, we allow him to cleanse us and reveal what's going on in here. And really, I, I, honestly, I went to the doctor this last week, and that's not the only reason why, but it's the first time in my entire life that God has said, my entire, only few years that I've been on this planet, where the doctor said, hmm, your blood pressure's looking a bit high. And I know, I know what that week's been like. I know what my reactions have been like. I'm not saying that's the only reason. Probably I have to eat less salt, but you know. But the reality is, is I've got to give God the opportunity to say, hey, let's fix this. And that's what that labor represents. And when we come, and then finally we come to, if you just put up that image of the outer court again, the, the altar. And finally, so we've been at the altar, and we've been at the laver, and now there's another place that we have to come into, which is the holy place. So we're in our prayer time, and we walk over to the candlesticks. The candlesticks is a menorah. It used to be in, and it used to burn day and night. They had to keep it burning day and night. Now, that room was pretty dark, but what happened when they used to light the candlesticks, that candlestick that they would go to shed light, and that was representative, and there was fire, and it was representative of the Spirit of God in our lives today, which represents light and life, the Holy Spirit. And so when they were there, it was to say it lightened up the entire room. And you could see what was going on, but it represents light and life. And so as the priests were there, it's a power of the Holy Spirit as we pray. We say, Jesus. You know, when he was speaking to his disciples, and he speaks to you and I right now in this moment, he says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And it's also a place where we can ask God for his Holy Spirit to rest upon us, to give us wisdom and understanding so that we know how to conduct ourselves in a crooked generation, in a corrupt, dark world in which we live. We will be the candlesticks. We will be the light of the world, going into the world. Jesus said, let your light so shine. But we have to ask him, say, God, give me, empower me more with your spirit. Fill me with your presence. I need your presence in my life. 
I need you to guide me, to show me what I need to be doing, how I need to live. The spirit of wisdom. Fill me with your spirit so there's so much light in me. God, that I can operate from the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The world needs a lot of kindness right now. Don't you agree? There's so much going on. God, fill me with that kindness. Let me be your light. Gifts, release your gifts to me because that represents the spirit of God. Light, life, gifts. There's not one person in this auditorium today watching online that is not empowered with the gifts of God. And then we got to ask, am I allowing the Spirit of God to to light a fire to the gifts so that I may bless people around me? I may give, I will be the light in any circumstance, in my family, in my home, my kids in their schools. And so as we pray, we say, God, let me be the light. And you get a picture of that candlestick because it lights up the whole room. You know what it's like in darkness. You just have to light a match. And it transforms that space. The Spirit of God wants you, through the gifts that He's placed in your life, to ignite a fire so that the light can shine. And so when you pray, you just commit that to Him. So we thank Him, we praise Him, we cleanse ourselves, we come into the place of appealing to God, the Spirit of God, to fill me. Work in me. And he walks across, and then on the opposite side of the candlesticks is the table of showbread. They had to set up a table. And on that table, there were 12 loaves, 12 loaves of bread, and that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. But in us, in our context, when we come, to, when we understand the table of showbread, it's a place which represents the Word of God, because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of my mouth, which is this. And so on that table of showbread was symbolic of the word of God. So in our prayer time, we can sit, and as we start to read the word, and we start to take the word of God in, that's part of your prayer time. It's not separate from your prayer time. It's in your prayer time. And this can take all of how many ever minutes, but you know, by the time you're connecting with God, that will drag, a a lovely drag, not a bad drag, a fantastic drag, where you now God and take his word. You see, we make it such a thing. But you take his word and you just say, God, speak to me, show me. Take his word and say, God, I ask you for fresh revelation when you sit with the word. I ask you to show me how do I actually apply this to my life. And so in my prayer time, it's reading the word as part of that process. Ask him. Ask him, take the promises, apply them. Many people work, walk in darkness. The word of God says, my people will know my truth and the truth will set them free. And we walk in darkness, uh, groping around sometimes in the world because we do not know what his word says. And yet part of the protocol is getting to know his word. And so at that, that table, we can say, God, I thank you for your word. I ask you to reveal yourself to me through your word. 
I take the promises and I apply them to my kids, to my workplace, to, to every aspect and area of my life. And then finally, before, before they get to this most holy place, and only the priest is able to be in, in that outer court, if you just put, put that up for me again. The altar of incense, you see the holy place, and only the priests were allowed to be in that holy place. And we're going to get the most holy place in a minute. But finally, before getting into that place of where there's that deep connection and intimacy with Jesus, It would be the altar of incense. And they'd stand before the most holy place. That altar of incense was worship. I thank God. I've praised him. I've cleansed myself. I've got into a place of asking for the Spirit of God to illuminate. I've partaken of the words. And off the back of that, we come into a place of worship. You may say, but Adele, we said thank you. We, 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 we thanked you. We, we praised you. We did that. See, incense is us giving back to God. Something we give to Him. What is worship? Praise is thanking Him for what He's done for us. Worship is when we magnify Him for who He is. How do we do that? We start to look at who he is, his names. Who is he? He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's your deliverer. He's the one who takes you out of darkness and brings you into light. The word says in Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are safe. And so every day before we throw out our lists to God, before we throw out our lists, and you misunderstand for the priests and people, this was such a holy moment because right before them was the holy of holies. Right before they would actually see him, not in the flesh, but see him. And in, in the Old Testament, the only person that could go into the most holy, put that up for me again, the most holy place would be the high priest. And they would tie a rope around his leg and he'd have bells on his, on his ankles because when he went into that holy place, he had to make sure that he was clean.
Because if you stepped into that space, and that's why they tied a rope around his leg, because if he went in there, obviously they would die. But we know, and the last thing that happens after we've given our worship to God, telling him who he is, how magnificent he is, how wonderful he is, wonderful counselor, mighty God, or great father, my comforter, my friend, you are magnificent. There's just the curtain. And then the priests had to go through the curtain. When they opened that curtain, wow. There was the Ark of the Covenant. Speaking of covenant, speaking of mercy. You'd see the two, the wings which represents wings there is like would mean the, they call it the cherubim's wings. And then that flat part, this is all gold, would, is known as the mercy seat. And so as you, and it's no light, it's dark, but as you open that curtain, you see him. In that moment, because you've offered him your worship, you've done this stuff. But a twofold thing happens there. It's a place of his presence, and it's a place of intercession. The word of God says that Jesus is our high priest who makes intercession. He is in the presence, physically in the presence of God, praying for you and I. And the high priest in the Old Testament's responsibility, when he went into that place, was to present the requests of the people. To God. It wasn't just about him. It was to go into that holy place. To experience the presence of God, but to present requests of God. The word says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and those in authority, that they, we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. This is good and pleasing, our God, our Savior, who wants to be, all people to be saved. And so when we come face to face, when we come into that place of intimacy, in our prayer time with God, in that place of intimacy, we carrying others first. God, I pray for my country. I pray for my friends and name them. God, I pray for my family. When last did you go around a room in your head and say, God, I, I thank you for my friends. I ask that you bless them. I pray for them in whatever context they're finding their lives right now. I pray for Edgar. I pray for Sam. I pray for Glenda. I pray for Hilt. I pray for Jin. I pray for my leaders. I pray for my home group leaders. I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids. In that intimate, deep, intimate moment. And then lastly, we can always just go down on our knees sometimes. You know, sometimes it's a really powerful act of worship when we petition God. We can go down on our knees, and I love this. Chris Hodges says this. 
Because when he gets down on his knees, he says, because a man on his face can never fall from that position. I, I, honestly, I have to just be honest and vulnerable in this moment. Maybe in, in things that have happened in my life, I probably wasn't on my knees enough. And yes, you can say, Adele, we don't bow. And we're talking to the God of heaven and earth. And I want to encourage you today. Take, perhaps try it. When you pray, go on your knees. Because he must increase so that we may decrease. So that his life gets larger in and through our lives. And we pray for those around us. And then lastly, we pray for ourselves. Take these steps. Try them. It's not a legalistic protocol, but it's an honoring of him. But that's before I come into his presence with a list. God, this I need. I, you need, by the time you get to this place, it says he already knows what you ask and what you need. He's done it. And the promise of scripture is that draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so I hope that encourages you today to pray differently. Not a formula, but to pray differently. To approach differently. To honor differently the King of Kings. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, well, last week we said we would take you into the deep end. Do you remember that? So it's probably not normal. This is almost like a college-type teaching, but I think Adele did it so well to help us understand. Um, and uh, so we, we mix it up a lot here at the church. Uh, we always preach the truth, but it's important to understand that as a pattern, as a model, because I think... Obviously, we're so grateful to Jesus that he's paid the price for us that we can enter the Holy of Holies now where those people in those days couldn't um, but because of what Jesus did for us. And it's a real blessing. But because of that, it's like that pendulum swing. I think sometimes we become so like blasé about it, you know, enjoy Jesus. This, so sorry, Lord, for what I'm about to do. <laughs> Have you prayed those prayers before? Um, whereas this helps you understand the reverence and the, the protocol and the procedure of God, And it's just one of the patterns that uh, people can use for prayer. You don't have to use that. It's like I don't sit down with Jen and, and I have this routine how I talk to her and there's certain things. But there can be various conversation that would just happen throughout the day. But this is a beautiful pattern. Just like the Lord's Prayer is a pattern. Our Father in Heaven. It's not meant to be said in 20 seconds, but it's a, it's a pattern. Next week we'll look at the Jabez Prayer as a pattern. One really on blessing and enlargement and protection. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, Nikki Gumbel in the Alpha Course gives the acronym of ACTS as a pattern. A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-
Good. Always got the spinning wrong, yeah. So, uh, so the acts, the adoration, uh, the, the confession, supplication, thanksgiving, all, yeah, I'm getting it all mixed up. Don't worry about the, the, the spelling order. But those are just, um, it's just a, a way and all pattern how to pray. So this just helps understand that. Is that okay? Um, for some of you, maybe you felt like, oof, what was that all about? Um, you know, I, I just think it just to help you understand that God wants to meet with you. He, God wants to know you. He wants you to be intimate with him and, and talk to him. And I think this prayer series is really going to be awesome and help us understand what, what prayer is. It's not just a little chit-chat to God. Hey, Lord, can you come through here? Can you do this? We can pray those prayers, but this really helps us understand when you want to get close to God. Just like a husband and wife, if you want to get close to each other, you need to take the time. Uh, Jin, uh, in the early days, her uh, love language was um, what's always been acts of service, so I've got to serve it if you're loved. But it, it was quality time. And apparently me watching rugby there in the room and her there is not quality time. But you need to actually spend time together. And, and I suppose that, thank you, Adele, just helps us understand the process and how we get close to God. Does that help? Awesome. Uh, apologies for the screen, by the way. Um, our screen, something's wrong with it. And so we got a quick loan one from True Life. But it looks like True Life need a new screen as well. It's a little dim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then some exciting news we thought we'd uh, end at the end of the service with is uh, Rich, who's on staff here. He sometimes plays keyboard. They had a baby this week. And I think there's a picture up on the screen of little Josie May. Is there a picture? Do we have one? Maybe not. There they are. Look at that. That's amazing. So she came a little early. But um, as... Many of you know from Rich's first experience, he missed the birth of his child, his first child, because it was COVID. And so we're just so grateful that he was able to get there. Actually, they phoned him and said, the baby's coming now. And he reckons he, um, yeah, he, he probably was also swearing at people in the road, uh, Adele, on the way there. He said, it was so funny, Rich is very like, uh, by the book, he said, I went 140. I was like, is that fast? Like, <laughs> anyway. Um, and then uh, just before we, we kind of just close in prayer, uh, the interns have set up their tuck shop. They've heard your cries and your pleas because where's the tuck shop? So they've set up a tuck shop outside. And then if you want to get a believe cap or um, uh, one of those bottles, you can go to the info counter. That'll be there. And the interns will be there outside of the tuck shop. But let's, can we just close in prayer? Sorry, I know it's a little later than normal today. It was a full service. We had uh, all the new guys join our church, so awesome to have you. And then we had the game, and it's Love Sunday. But uh, let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much for just revealing yourself to us today. And uh, thank you that we can come into your presence. What a privilege it is to be able to be in your presence today, God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us, that we can, we can just offer a praise and thanksgiving to you and just after understanding what the whole uh, tabernacle method is, God, just what a privilege that we can enter the Holy of Holies, that we can, we can talk to you as our Lord, as our friend, as our King, as our Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your desire is to get to know each and every one of us. And I want to pray a commitment prayer. If you'd like to pray this with me, uh, just, just pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Lord, I'm sorry for my past and ask you to forgive me. But from today, Lord, I choose you and I want to live for you. Come and live in my heart. I want to know you. In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to, to know if you uh, prayed that for the first time. Uh, also, there's a couple next steps there. We'd love to uh, connect with you, uh, pray with you. You can also grab one of those little books at the counter. Find a church. We'd be so grateful if it's our church. Um, but if anyone does need specific prayer, there are pastors up front. But God bless everyone. Have an amazing day. And we will, we've got another service again tonight at 6 p.m. We'll see you next week for week three. Cheers, everyone.